Welcome to post-Turkey Day edition of Browner and Lawhead. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long, long, long overdue for our return. But here we are. Now, I normally don't get four days off of each show. But due to the Thanksgiving holiday, there was no Kaplan and Crew Friday or Saturday. And obviously, you guys know we do Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the Mighty 1090 ESPN. It's been a while, man, since I talked to sports. Solo sports with my dog, Jason, who just got back from Vegas. Jason mm-hmm. Lawhead, world traveler, famously mm-hmm. appeared on a Louis C.K. DVD, not in the way you think. And now he's here now, back, yeah. fresh, just landed. Aloha, sir. I wouldn't say fresh. Aloha. Oh. Look, I'm, I'm actually wearing my Aloha shirt. Um, Did you see that? But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, that's crazy. I just started seeing that news uh, this morning, but I just kind of flew in from Vegas. So I just landed a little bit ago and I'm just trying to get my bearings about me. But yeah, that's uh, that's a dangerous one, I think. Last aren't, time it, aren't it all blew. Of them well, this one's especially dangerous for where it like lies and like uh, where it's at and where it can how much lava it spewed before and how fast it can get down to the villagers and how much how many people it affects with the ash and all the, you know, bad air quality. Volcanoes are so rare. We just don't understand it. It's like, oh, volcanoes blowing up. People are like, OK, so what do we do? Run, fool. Yeah. Run. Yeah, but. More, more have been a little more active lately in the last, you know. So obviously the world is, you know, boiling over, literally. Listen, the <laughs> best part about a volcano, that if it catch you, you were supposed to die. That's yeah. it. Because it's not like, you know, it's not coming at you like a cheetah. It's real slow. Yeah. It's slow. It's like, you saw me coming. So if I get you, it's on it's you. It's slow until it's close. And then it's really fast. Right. Once like like close. most things. Yeah. Like most things, sure. Like, I was minding my business. Y'all saw me walking down the street. Now y'all want to mess with me? Boom, burned under the lava. No one will care. You are now part of the island in more ways than you ever thought you'd be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we got uh, big, big, big talking points on the sports weekend. Chargers don't charge you one, so I'm going to gloat. Chiefs take care of the Rams, which the state of the Rams right now is the, their coaches even Oof. get knocked out on the sidelines. Uh <laughs> Deshaun Watson makes his triumphant return to the NFL on Sunday, and I will tell you why that shouldn't be a big deal. And USC makes the top four, so we definitely going to dive into that. There were so many many different things that happened Mm. over the sports world this weekend in addition to what happened in Thanksgiving. I want to play a game with you and everybody listening. You can tell us whether or not you are a believer or not on some of these teams and we're going to go down we're going to go down some teams to kind of see if Jason or I are believers in them or not after what where we at in the NFL weekend uh but first woo ladies and gentlemen sound the alarm her boat did it again I, I look man the NFL has been rough this year there are no real dominant teams There's probably one or two well one really dominant team and it just so happens to be in their division outside of that this team can't beat anybody. They can. I know the Cardinals have had a rough year, and, and the, the coach-quarterback dynamic there seems to be a little off. But this team has the tools to beat anybody. And they put that on full display by going old school. By old school, I mean last year, going for the win to avoid overtime and walk that thing off. Jason, what part of this game 
gave you either belief or kind of this meant nothing to you about what happened with the Chargers this weekend? Yeah, I still am, uh, you know, I'm still a few feet away from the Chargers as far as really believing. As we said before, I mean, yeah, it's a great win because of the way you won, and mm-hmm. it's a win, right? That's win always important in the NFL. But, I, you know, I, I look at, you know, the collection of their wins, and, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, Denver in overtime, Cleveland by two that they nearly escaped, uh, Houston – you know, by 10, it wasn't that, you know, convincing for a team again, that bad Atlanta three Las Vegas early in the year when they were really uh, upside down five. So they really haven't beaten anybody and another win, but it's a good win. It's a win. It's here's the goodest. Here's the best thing about that win. The best thing about that win is they won playing Brandon Staley ball. They took the gamble and they won because they needed to win that way if they were going to win. And to prove a little bit, at least with, hey, my philosophy is going to work and we're going to gamble and we get these shots, we're going to take them. Great. It panned out that time. Um, But still yet, I know they're six and five. Um, They've got some games coming up that are going to prove Miami, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. uh, Vegas is the next one. Um, So I'll tell you after Tennessee whether I kind of believe or not, but right now they've got a ways for me to go to believe. You know, you said something funny in there, and I've been kind of investigating this because people keep saying this. They'll tell you, oh, the Chargers only won X amount of many games. This is who they beat. And I'm starting to then look at the schedule of teams that people are patting on the back and going, well, huh, because I'm looking at the Bills right now because they were the first team, obviously, because in alphabetical order. The Bills are considered a good team. The Bills have eight wins. They've beat the Rams, who are not good this year. They've beaten the Steelers, who are not good this year. The Packers, who are not good this year. They beat the Browns, who are not good this year. They beat the Lions, who have won three straight, but they're not good this year either. And you can do that with just about any team in the NFL because this year has been a year where you look around and you go, there are no dominant teams and anybody can beat anybody. Because, again, the Colts beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are the one team under lock and key that everybody looks at and goes, "Okay, that team, that's a winning team. That's what we're. That's what people are. That's the team people are chasing." And so when the, when people start doing the whole, "Oh, did they beat this person and they beat that person?" I look. I go look around the league. Look around the league. It's hard to sit there and 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 not give them full one because you did, but some people aren't giving them one hundred percent credit for punching that win through when. We know their history of losing that game is paramount. That's true. And that's why I say it's a huge win in the sense that they got the win playing that, especially that style of Mm -hmm. ball, that gambling, that gambling style of ball that Staley plays instead of playing for the tie and trying to win it in overtime. He goes for what could have been five and six. They could have lost that. I mean, they, they, you know, um, but you get down to it, you look at the numbers. I mean, only, you know, the the funniest thing is currently right now, the two worst strengths of victory schedules. So if you have strength of schedule and then strength of victory, uh, only the only the Raiders have a worse strength of victory. The teams that they've won have, have been weaker um, than the Chargers in the whole AFC. So, you know, Buffalo still got better strength of schedule. They got a better strength of victory right now as far as, you know, who they've beaten. So, um, you know, 
based on last year and the year before and, and their deep runs in the playoffs, I mean, you know, the Chargers still have a ways to go, I think. And these next three games are the paramount decider on what kind of team they're going to be. Are they going to be able to be that turn that page and be those bills that were able to turn that page two years ago. Cause that's where the chargers need to get. They need to at least get to where the bills were two years ago. Listen, I just want people to accept one thing. The chiefs and the Chargers play the same people, like literally they play the same people. And so mm-hmm. the fact that the chargers have not been able to finish some of these games and the chiefs have is always very interesting to me because the NFL is, if it's not one thing, it's this it's parody. And mm-hmm. it's year-to-year parody. You don't know who's going to be good. You don't know who's going to be bad because the game is so demanding on the team's body. The further you make it, the less it's likely of you making it that way again. And that's why what the Chiefs have done, I think more people believe in them despite their loss to the Colts because they have a track record. They have the coach. They have the quarterback. And then everything else just falls in, falls in place. The problem, mm-hmm. the problem with some of these other teams, as we'll get to some of these teams later, there's no track record of these teams being successful. There's no track record of them on the big stage coming through. And like I said, we'll get to some of that later on the other, on the, uh, other end of the show. But this is a big win for the Chargers. I think this is a big win for Staley. And I think that sometimes you get some of these and they mean more. They mean more than just one win. Because the locker room starts looking at each other again going, all right, this is the guy who we thought we were getting as the head coach. This is the gamblers. This is the gamble I thought we were going to be taking. Our best player is a quarterback. And if the ball's in his hand, we've got a good chance to win. And I think that's kind of what they're starting to get back to now that Herbert's getting a little more healthy. Because a lot of people forgot he played with broken or cracked or fractured ribs for most of the season. Yeah. So, you know, they seem to be in a good space now. The team that is not in a good space, Rams. Mm. (laughs) Listen, they paid Sean McVay. They paid Aaron Donald. They, I mean, they had paid Cooper Cup previously, I think. The guys who they pay, they're not showing up. And everybody, I love Aaron Donald from a standpoint of he has gotten over the hump with me as demonstrating he is the best in the business. But, ooh, I'm ready to take my coupon back. Because yeah. what, I'm, what I'm seeing from the Rams, you can tell me Matthew Stafford's injured. Matthew Stafford's been injured his whole career. Hey, L.A., this is the guy you got. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey's been a disappointment this year. Everything's been a disappointment this year. Uh, now they're in the situation with, uh, you know, the backup going in uh, for Stafford at, at a, you know, worst, I mean, worst time ever, right? You're three and seven. You got to right. go to Kansas City with a backup the way you're playing. I mean, you couldn't ask for a worse, worse timing. But as I said this year earlier, I think this, you know, this was a kind of a season where, you know, L.A. kind of knew they threw all their chips. They threw everything at the at the sink last year for this title. They got the title. I kind of almost feel like as they came out of the block and and the defense wasn't performing up to its, uh, you know, expectations early Mm -hmm. in the offense. The same with you could see Stafford was a little hurt. Teams were coming for him. They just had one of those lay down post Laker championship seasons that I think, you know, this one's done. This one's gone. I don't think there's too much to read into it until maybe next year you evaluate it. I think when you have a Super Bowl coach and you have some Super Bowl players, 
Your job now is to go back and try to plug those holes that you filled to make this roster a winning Super Bowl team because, I mean, then there's work to do on that. That's where all the work, the real offseason work is going to be in getting some personnel to measure back up to what your expectations were. Um, but I don't, you know, I think this is one of those anomaly type seasons that is going to look a lot worse than it really is in the long run. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think Mavega is a good coach. I think they'll figure out ways to improve the team and at least be competitive enough in the division next year to give a give them a puncher's chance to get into a postseason spot. I don't think they're going to have this kind of a three and eight, three and nine season this time next year. I don't disagree with you at all that McVay is a good coach because I think that's 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 given that's understood by all parties. Is he the is he the right coach for this team now? Because this is a, this is a this is a blow it up situation. They have no picks yeah. and they have no money because all mm-hmm. their money's tied up. So you your money is in Stafford, your money is in Donald, your money is in Ramsey. Everybody else around that and Cooper Cup, of course. Everybody else around that. This is where normal teams usually go: draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. We got to hit on some of these picks. They don't have any. No. So this idea that because you other people have said this too: the idea that they're going to bounce back next year. How? One year older for Stafford, one year older at a defensive tackle position that once it's gone, it's off a cliff type of gone. Mm-hmm. One year at another another year on the body of a cornerback, which once you fall off that cornerback cliff, it's gone. You playing safety after that. And Cooper Cup's had a, a high ankle sprain, which once you let the knife hit you, ain't no telling what you're gonna be back at what you're gonna be yeah. like after that. So there's just so many different doubts and red flags that are flying up about what's going on in, in, in LA. That I I'm more worried about what the Rams are going to look like not now but next year and the year after that man because I don't see Sean McVay as a as a builder I see Sean McVay as a John Gruden type like Tony Jones you built that thing Gruden I'm gonna cross the road with it same thing yeah. for Sean McVay hey. I'm I'm cross the road with that thing I'm not necessarily gonna build it up back from the studs so it, 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 I'm interested to see what a year like this can do to a coach like that who's so hyper focused on football. He'll have a lot of pressure on him next year. That's for sure. He's going to have a lot. The microscope will be back on him. He'll get this, you know, kind of one-year grace period, post-championship, teams coming after him, hurt a lot of – he'll be able to use the excuses that the media is using for him to a degree. And, you know, look, he could finish strong, you know. I mean, they've got – you know, Green Bay, Denver, the Chargers are the second last of the game, and then Seattle, who's come back to earth a little bit. So, you know, if they can finish strong, win three or four, maybe four or five on the way out, going out, they're going to feel good about that coming around next year. But, um, yeah, they got a big, big project ahead of them. So, you know, I'm going to – we're going to – I'm not even going to show the picture. What I'm going to do is this. <laughs> I want to have a conversation – a really quick one about this Jerry okay. Jones situation. Okay. I am, I don't like Jerry Jones. I want to preface that, this conversation by saying that. So anybody who thinks that I have inherent bias against Jerry Jones, I do. But Jerry Jones ain't wrong for this. And what the hell am I talking about? Some of y'all might be asking. So there's an image showed up recently of Jerry Jones. Why, by the way, this wasn't by accident. It showed up at the biggest moment of the Cowboys season, the Thanksgiving Day game, which turned out to be the highest watched football game in the history 
of the NFL regular season. The image of Jerry Jones at 15 years old, while the school he went to in Arkansas was integrating six African-American kids into the school. Now, I, I always tell race warriors, people who love to get mad about things like this, 65 years ago, you show me a picture of a 15-year-old boy in Arkansas, and that's the worst you got. <laughs> that's the yeah. worst you got. I'm okay. Again, I got my reasons why I don't like Jerry Jones. This is not one of them. His explanation of there was a commotion. I just wanted to see what was going on. I don't buy that either because a liar never stops lying. But I do believe from where he was at, he wasn't doing anything malicious. There's no pictures of him spitting. He's not the kid in front with his hands up and he's got the rage face on. He's not that kid. So the fact that he explains himself is good enough for me, man. It's good enough for me. I'm not going to sit here like some of these people writing articles or dragging Jerry yeah. Jones through the mud about something that happened 65 years ago. You know how different of a person you can be once you leave where you grow up? I'm a, I'm a perfect case study oh, of that. Of course. Of course. There's no doubt. I mean, of course. I mean, even if you were – how old was he, 17 at the 15. time? 15. I mean, 15. So if you, if you were 15 40 years ago, I mean, some of the stuff – that right, you, of right. Course, like if you were 15, 30 years ago, hell, at the um, way we going, if you were 15, two years ago, yeah, you know, I mean, you yes, the, I mean, all of that. Now, does there's a lot more, like you said, to call him on the carpet for? There's a lot more in recent history to be able to judge him on, right? Um, it's ridiculous, like, oh my god, he was in a oh, really? Wow, okay, big deal. You know, like, first off, you, like you said, is Arkansas 65 years ago. I, I applaud him for actually being somebody that's just an onlooker to something right. like that. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and not somebody that was, yeah, like you said, you know, in their face, taunting, spitting, doing whatever, because there was plenty of those people that haven't changed. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. A pi a picture of, from history. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every president we've had in the, you know, besides Obama, I, I don't know how many people have in, in their adult mature life, have a, have a picture with Jeffrey Epstein in the most recent 20 years, you know, Woo! it's like every person we've elected is like you know they've either been to his island or they know him or they they've been, he's been to their charity function recently you know so it's silly it's silly and it i hope that not events cuz this wasn't really an event i hope people who try to write these type of things understand the fire that you're playing with cuz you are trying to stoke racism in a, in a country that doesn't need to be stoking racism. We got plenty mm -hmm. of it on the front burner. Yeah, We don't need no back burner racism coming to the front. There's a lot going on in this country from a social aspect that you don't need to be drumming up a picture from 65 years ago that isn't Jerry Jones yeah. spitting on some kid. That isn't Jerry Jones hitting one of these kids or chasing one of these kids. This is, again, find me that kid that's in the front and tell me what he doing today. Because he might be owning the company, too. Y'all going to go track mm -hmm. him down? No, you're not, because he's less important to society than Jerry Jones is. But 
these type of stories always bother me because they're trying to get people. These I like to call them race warriors. They're trying to get the race warriors all fired up and chanting to do what now? Cancel Jerry Jones? Good luck, bro. Good luck. He is about as uncancelable as, as as Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna have to do something in this life now to do something to yeah know, torpedo what he's done. I mean, come on, who knows? Maybe he was just looking. You know, maybe the most racist thing about that picture was he was like looking to make sure it wasn't gonna be some kid that was gonna take his starting job on the football team. Like, who who is that? How tall is he? How you know? How big is he? You know. Because you know, quad. What's his quad? Yeah, like check out that kid's quad. What position does he play? You better not play my position. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Get him um, out of here. That might have. Yeah, exactly. If that that could have been the only racist thought going through his head is that he was worried that he was gonna, you know, not start defensive back on the team because you know some black kids might come to the school. But that, other than that, the there's turn, no, there's nothing there. The turn that has happened, and do you believe or do you don't believe? We'll break it down here on the Mightier 1090 Brown and Lawhead ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Mightier 1090 ESPN here in Southern California. As Scott likes to call it, the mega market. I'm John Brown and joined by Jason Lawhead. If you miss anything on the show, oh, I completely forgot to tell you guys this. If you are looking for the show on YouTube, we are currently suspended, technically. Why? You know, apparently it's something that I did, which I've been to the principal's office before. Apparently I posted a, a 90, uh, a 40, 40 second fight video. Where it was really bad and it broke our rules, I guess. And so now, really? yeah. So I, I, I guess it was me. So, so Kaplan and crew or Brown and Law had the whole none thing. of it. We it? can't post on it at all. So we're using our clips page. The Kaplan and Clue crew clips page is where you'll be able to find the show until Thursday of next week. We are suspended Thursday through Thursday. I can't believe they do these suspensions like you're in school. Dude, I, I and this video that they're suspending us in was from November of 2021. So I, I, they got some catching up to do. But by the time they do, we might really be in trouble because we showed a lot of fights. That's how our show, believe it or not, that's how our show grew. We we do a great job with sports and, and entertainment and laughing. Our biggest videos, I'm talking about 70,000 views, 90,000 views are fight videos that appeared on our show. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you ask for permission or forgiveness? And in this particular yeah. case, this is a forgiveness situation. Strange. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little rundown of some teams because the NFL is coming to I think we're in what week 14, I think it is. We're in, week we're in, we're in, 13, we're in, I believe. We're in week, 13. week 12. Well, we're week 13. Into, we're going is into the next... after tonight. We're going into week 13. Right. After tonight's game. That's correct. And so we've got some some questions about some teams. And then I'm looking at this. I, it's it's really interesting. I don't believe in some of these teams. And I'm not going to let these records fool me because, unfortunately, I ingest a lot of actual football games. I'm not a red zone guy. I'm an eyes on the screen guy. And the the first team that jumps out at me is I'm good. I'll pass. Win more. The Minnesota Vikings. People can try to convince me until the cows come home about Kirk Cousins. I like Kevin O'Connell as their new coach, but at the same time, rookie coach, I think the offense, people will start to see it. People will start to defend it because really smart people get paid to coach defense as well in the NFL. And I think you're going to start seeing some wrinkles and some defenses when they start playing the Vikings. What will start to show some of the true colors of Kirk Cousins. 
Now, the upside to that is Justin Jefferson is a monster. And I don't think you can game plan for a guy that good outside of doubling him. So I think Justin Jefferson is going to make some plays. But when it comes big time, I'm not a believer in the Vikings. What about you? Yeah. No, I'm not either. You know, uh, I think that 40 to three loss was really eye opening. You know, it's one thing to go out and have the Cowboys play better. You lose that day. You lose days in football. It's fine. Um, and I know they beat the Bills, and I, you know, I, I but I, I just can't get over that forty to three loss against Dallas to just, in a sense, to kind of just, kind of, it kind of signs the check that they're just not real. I don't care if they go fourteen and three; they're, right. they're not gonna, they're not gonna go deep in the playoffs because I just don't believe that that team. I think that's the kind of matchup they're gonna see in the playoffs. Or that's the kind of you know when they face that type of playoff opponent, you know they're you're going to see more of a, a Dallas team than you are a, a, a team that they played against the Bills. Another team on this list is the Jets for me. Now, I like Robert. Saw, uh, uh, what's his last name? Robert. What? I, already, I can't get the end of it. Salah. 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 Robert. Salah. 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 Robert Salami. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that Salami's a good coach. That's not his real name. I'm just making it up because I can't. I yeah. think it's Salah. I don't want to disrespect him. It's Salah. Salami, but something. I think that he is a good coach, but I think what he did with the quarterback was too personal. It's okay to bench your quarterback because he's a jerk, or because he's not efficient enough. But you benched him because of one thing he said in a post game press conference, which is. Him replying basically no to whether or not he let the defense down. I don't know a lot about Zach Wilson. He seems to have some maturity issues, which is weird for a guy who went to BYU. So he played longer. He was the oldest guy taken in the first round, if I remember correctly. So I don't, I don't get taking him out against the Bears team, which is the worst defense in football. Mike White had 300 yards. Because the Bears, the anybody can throw 300 yards. That's how you revive yourself. And I think they put Mike White in there in that particular time for a reason. They wanted Mike White to look good, and they wanted Zach Wilson to look bad because I think with that organization or that, that coaching staff, I think it's personal. Well, you know, I mean, Wilson didn't help his true, you know, true. case. I mean, you know, he played terrible. He didn't take any responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at a team with a record that's, you know, they, they probably are a little surprised themselves, even though they'll tell you we, we believed we were going to be here. Um, and I think that, you know, Salah had to make a statement to the team. He had to make a statement to say, look, you know, um, we're going to go with guys that take accountability. We've come too far. We're six and four. They right. were six and four going into that game, obviously. And this is where the season goes either way, guys. This is where it goes either way. This is where we either are a true playoff contender or we – show the world who we are and we we finish you know seven and and ten or eight and nine instead of you know above 10 wins so i think he had to do at least something to make that locker room believe he was he he was in belief that we were we were a 10 11 12 win team and this is what we're gonna do to get there because 
you know, you're right. That maturity issue, you know, if guys, you know, had Wilson been there a few years in that starting role and won a bunch of games, maybe you can get away with something like that in a press conference. But I think when you're a team that's been so low for so long and have gone through the, the quarterback tree and now you have this season that is right in your hands and you're and you're you're feeling like, hey, man, we are just as good as, you know, anybody in our division. We're playing just as good. The only way we finish this thing is with everybody on board 100 percent. So it was a personal maybe, but I think it was a little I think it was more. I think he felt he owed the rest of the team personally more than he owed anything to Wilson. And I think that's why he made that call. And I don't think you can second guess it. The Eagles have found themselves in a, what they call a, I guess, fly Eagles flies what they do down there. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I like Jalen hurts. Cause I want to, people are killing me. Well, about. I love him. People are killing me about criticizing Jalen hurts. Cause they're saying he's basically Justin Fields in a green Jersey, as opposed to a Navy blue Jersey. Which is accurate, but at the same time, look at what he has to play with. I And this idea that I have about them not playing from behind, you never want to play from behind, but you want to be able to. And I've watched right. the Chicago Bears run for 200 yards, 250, 300 yards in some games and still lose. Because I don't believe at this point in the NFL you can run and win. The Tennessee Titans do it, but they have a formula for it. Your quarterback running and winning is not – a recipe for success. So I, I am not a believer in Philly because I that attack that they used last night, yeah, that worked last night. I don't think that's going to work in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, they've got <clears throat> the ability to attack, obviously, um, you know, with, with Hurts, with the way he can just, you know, all of a sudden take – what even looks like a good pass rush play from the defense and just, you know, explode it for, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards. And then they, they still have the discipline to stay within their offense. And he's been able to still hang in that pocket and make plays um, to guys uh, in, in some just nice formation, nice route running, clean offensive looking play stuff. So, um, it's hard not to believe in them at this point when they get to 10 and one, their only loss is to a hot team playing great football. When they, when the commanders tripped them up a couple of weeks ago, you know, you got Washington playing great football winning. I think, you know, but they're seven and five now. So they've won at least three in a row. I think they won five of six mm-hmm. under Heineke. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I just think Hertz, you know, kind of knows that team a little bit more to compare him to Fields is is obviously liking, but I think uh, where the two offenses and where the two teams and where the two communication levels between the head coach and all facets are totally different. So Hertz is in, you know, Hertz is is driving a a limousine, and you know, Fields is in the in the back of an Uber pool right now. So. I was you know, Phil, with, with the way the NFC, you know, is, you know, I think one or two, three teams top heavy um, with San Francisco, Philadelphia, I, you know, Tampa Bay disappointed uh, coming off this last Sunday. I thought they were starting to write the ship and it might have been only just a, a, a 49ers Tampa Bay uh, conference. It looks like it's it's probably, you know, Philly, San Francisco. 
and uh, maybe somebody else from that NFC East. Maybe the Cowboys are for real. Maybe the 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 Commanders come around the outside and 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 solidify themselves Ooh. down the stretch. Maybe the the Giants hang in there. I don't know, but at this point, I gotta believe that it's it that it's Eagles right now in the in the big mix to get to that Super Bowl out of the NFC. The Buffalo Bills were the darlings to start the season. Everybody was saying Josh Allen was going to be the MVP and this was the year and the culmination and how he was going to take his game to the next level. And I think people forgot to tell everyone that their offensive coordinator started coaching a different team. Because as good as Buffalo's been, Josh Allen hasn't looked good. Now, he plays a lot of hero ball. And at the end of the day, he does what you're supposed to do. He wins because they're 8-3. Buffalo's kind of pushing me into no territory, but I am a believer in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I love Josh Allen, right? Like, right. how do you, you know, you, you once you, you have him in there and, and what he's proved last year, but I kind of feel and I felt earlier in the season, maybe they're a little overrated. I think mm. maybe they're a little overrated. Yeah, they're eight and three. They've gotten the job done where they've needed to get it done. But, you know, squeakers over Detroit and Cleveland and back-to-back weeks losses to uh minnesota and the jets before that you know i mean yeah they beat green bay it wasn't that big of a deal they did beat kc but that's already almost a month and a half ago right you know you can't sit and hold on to that kc win forever because by before you it's a month and a half has passed pittsburgh wins you know tennessee real early they beat them down but that's before tennessee kind of you know they're so i don't know i you know I, you know, look at the end of the day, I like the Bengals better than the Bills. I, I'm almost starting to like the Dolphins better than the Bills. Hmm. So, no or yes, yes or no, yes or no. Gosh, I'm like, a, I, you know, I'm a no because Ooh. I just, I, I really think that they're, I really don't think that they're as good as everybody hailed them to be. And even at eight and three, you could sit there and go, well, they're eight and three, they beat the Chiefs. I still think that that Chiefs wins far away. I think mm. that. They're a bit overrated, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how they finish the season, you know, with the other top teams in the AFC, how those teams all finish. But, eh, I don't know. I, I I don't see the Bills doing much this year. Last but not least, the Miami Dolphins. Now, look, I am not a Tua fan. No day of the week at all. Zero, none, nada. But the general manager who looked at that roster – and said, I need to help him, not make him carry us, not, you know, try to showcase him as it's him or bust, to go and draft Jalen Waddle, to then turn around and sign Tyreek Hill, has shown you that what they need him to do, he is elite at. I don't, I, he's not an elite quarterback. What they need him to do, he has been elite at. That defense has been great. Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the league, if you ask me. And what better year to be the MVP than now because there is no real front runner. So I think that in all honesty, at the end of the day, I am a believer in the Miami Dolphins and I never thought that I would be. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you can say what you want about Tua, but and they're undefeated in every they're undefeated in every game he's finished this year. So, okay, he started Cincinnati and he got knocked at a turf right. and he was sent out the week after the, they, you know the Buffalo win with that, the controversy, but every game that he has finished, they've won. 
So they're eight, and they're eight. No, every game that he hasn't finished, the three games he, he didn't finish, they they lost. So as far as Tua um, right now, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit. Of course, Tyreek Hill changed uh, the whole the whole landscape and the whole infrastructure of that offense and made it what it could be. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is a, he, he's responsible for making that Miami offense what it could be, and no doubt he should be in that least top two, top three MVP race now. Right now, no doubt. If you would have anybody, it would probably be Hurts. And him, really, at the end of the day. And you could throw Mahomes in there. Yeah, I was about um, to say Mahomes, yeah. You know, um, and and he'll get a lot of just favoritism points in, in what he's done in the past. But I, I believe in Miami. I, I really think that, in my opinion right now, if you were to ask me who do I think are the top two or three teams that have the best chance to get the Super Bowl out of the AFC, I would say it's Kansas City, Miami, and Cincinnati. Because now, I was a no on Vikings, Jets, Eagles. I was a yes on Bills, Dolphins. You were a no on Vikings, Jets. You were a yes on the Eagles. You were a no on the Bills. You were a yes on the Dolphins. But now you said the Bengals. I love Please. the Bengals. I've li- and I liked them. I liked them at Owen too. You, we can go roll back the tape that they didn't suspend us on. And I bet <laughs> you can look at week two when you when you were going. Oh no, yeah. I at zero and two, I said, ah, they're two close losses. They didn't play that well. This team will come together. They will. They will adapt. Um, I love their coach, uh, uh, Zach Taylor. They, they, Zach Taylor. I love the way Burrow in that team approaches business. They get better. They adjust. They adjust during the games. They adjust during the season. I mean, they went into Tennessee without Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, and that defense put it to the Titans in their own ballpark. And then the offense does what it has to do, right? That's what I love about this offense. It doesn't kill this defense. It doesn't give away possessions. Um, it, it, it moves on. If it has to take the sack in the third down in the punt or the occasional turnover, they, they get right back to business. And if they get Mixon and a Chase, yeah. and everybody's 100% come playoff time, the way that defense is playing. And, you know, Burrow will take his sacks, but that offensive line is better than it was last year. And they're giving Burrow way better chances. And they're they're a great run offensive line. So with Mixon and Pirine, I mean, they've got two really good. And, you know, as great as Jamar Chase is, Higgins is no – that guy is yeah, a great man. receiver. So, I mean, you know, Burrow in there, that defensive front four that can stop the run and get to the quarterback, I'm telling you, they're only going to get better. The Bengals will only get better as they did last year. Watch out for the Bengals because they just – they play a nice 60-minute game of football. Whether they're playing their best or they're not, they are not fun to go up against. You know what I just realized? They're 7-3. and three. Like it's yeah, been a, it's and they been started a very quiet. Yeah, it's been a very quiet. They started going so they've won seven of nine, and they've beat the Dolphins. They've beat some good teams. And when you look at all three, when you look at their four losses, the first two were by a couple of three of the four losses are all within three points. They got taken care of by Cleveland, pretty good. Who was just a good matchup. The, the Cleveland Clowney and Garrett just match up really well. And when they didn't have um, Jamar chase in that game, it got away from them. And Cleveland was that defense was able to kind of keep dialing up on burrow, which they did last year. I think Cleveland beat them. You know, Baker Mayfield won three or four against burrow because the defense just always came to play for the Browns in that matchup. But, but that, that that's just one of those here nor theirs. 
Bengals are good, man. They're good and they're well coached and they're sound at all three. They got a great kicker. You know, you get McPherson in it, and all of a sudden you got a guy that you know anytime from 45 to 55, 58, he's he's knocking it through. You don't even have to worry about it. So I didn't even think about Cincinnati, but I'll okay, I'll put Cincinnati on the list and I'll give them a I'll give them a yes. Yeah. You got to give them a yes. And they're hungry. They've got that, you know, they have what the Rams didn't have. Even if the Rams would have had those guys, the Rams didn't have that coming back feeling like we should have won it. We could have won right. it. We lost that extra the Rams bite. won it. They right. didn't have that hunger. Right. Bengals have that. Bengals know, like, we've been there. We know what it takes. Um, uh, we, real we quick, got, before we yeah. get out of here, I'm going to let yeah. you get the last so, word on this, but I want to make sure yeah. that I we, we broach this just a tiny bit. And we need to do more tomorrow. We can. Deshaun Watson was instated back today on the Cleveland Browns. Me personally, I want to have no expectations for him because I don't expect for them to win a single game. The man hasn't played football in over a year. And the expectations of him, because he was great with the last time you saw him, I think they're going to be heavy on him again. What do you think as a Browns fan? You got one minute. Give it to me. Well, I think he's got to win this game. That's a heavy expectation. I know he hasn't been around, but you got to beat the Houston Texans in, in at, especially after your backup has come off of a Tom Brady win. You got to go out there and lead these guys that have been on the field to a win against the Texans. Look, the, the Browns are trying to win as many games as they can right now. They're trying to finish strong because they don't have a draft pick. They traded it for Mari Cooper. So, um, you know, it's imperative for him in at least Browns country, Browns perception for him to play well enough to at least finish strong mm. um, and win the games that you feel like you can win that are left on the schedule. They still got Pittsburgh on the schedule. Um, they've got a couple other teams that are beatable on the schedule. New Orleans coming up. So they've got to take care of those kind of games. And then you're going to feel good about going in the offseason. If they lose to the Ravens, if they lose to the Bengals, and, and he gets beat up a little bit by some good defenses, yeah, you take that as he hasn't played in a couple of years, learning experience, timing, but he's got to help this team win those games they have to win. Y'all got to help us and come back tomorrow. Brown and Lawhead, Tuesday edition, 6 to 7 p.m. on the Myers 90 ESPN. See y'all, man. Peace.